Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today we're talking about a whole bunch of things from vibrators and dildos to role play, uh, excuses, talking to your kids about sex and more. And after a hiatus, we're back to catching up on our anonymous questions. Uh, these are from November and December of last year, 2023. And I wanted to get them out the door before another month rolled over. I almost didn't make it this week as it continued to throw everything it could at me, but we're here now and these are the questions that we got. Uh, For those who don't know, these questions are submitted on our anonymous have a question page and whatever we get, that's what we have. Uh, We typically get no further context or contact information, we just go by what we're given. I post the questions I get in the supporters forum as they come in and then we discuss them there and then I write a post and then do a podcast episode. Uh, like this one answering them question one is hello i bought my wife one of the lehman vibrators we have not quite gotten to use it much in the way she enjoys a couple times when we tried it on her i almost it almost started to feel good but we lost the feeling do you have any how-to resources you would recommend i'm hoping we could use it together to self-masturbate with each other as another thing to mix up so that it's not just her giving me a hand job wearing her hand out when she's fertile All right, first things first, because this is more of a PSA, because you specifically said when she's fertile. If you're having sex, you should be prepared to have a child. And by prepared, I mean you accept that it could happen and are willing to bear the responsibility. I don't know if you're using natural family planning or the rhythm method or anything else, but most methods are not foolproof. Uh, Condoms aren't, birth control pills aren't, uh, IUDs aren't, even vasectomies and tubal ligations fail. It's not very common, but it can happen. Now, of course, if you had a complete hysterectomy or uh, something else that makes it literally impossible or are menopausal and haven't had a period in over a year, then yeah, it's not going to happen. Still, for the rest, just so everyone is clear, if you're having sex, you are implicitly consenting to the responsibility of having a child. If you can't handle that, don't have intercourse. And I think I'm going to be writing a post in the future about how to properly use uh, condoms and birth control, or at least, uh, the ways to improperly use them and increase your chances of getting pregnant. Cause it seems like a lot of people don't know them. Anyways, onto the topic at hand. I don't know of any resources I'm afraid, but let me see if I can provide some guidance. Uh, first talk about it. Sadly, many people try things, but don't talk about it. Talk before about what the goal is, Uh, talk during about how it's going, what to change, what feels good, what doesn't while you're using it, Uh, but try to make it sexy, not clinical. If you need help, check out our resource on Talking Dirty for that, and then talk afterwards and debrief and decide if you want to try again sometime and what would you do differently, etc. Second, try different things. If it started feeling good and you lost it, don't spend the entire night just trying to get it back exactly where it was. Uh, Try for a little bit, then try something else. Uh, Move it, change the intensity, move your body. Things feel different when you're on your stomach or on your side or on your back or kneeling or whatever. Um, Thirdly, try to relax and be patient. Don't get so focused on it that it becomes frustrating and stressful because that may chase away all those good feelings uh, when you're trying to try something new. Uh, We generally will try a toy two or three times at least just to see if it's any good, and sometimes a good toy isn't good for that session. Uh, Fourth is don't rely solely on the toy. Don't put the whole thing around it. Uh, Keep up other forms of pleasure, you know, touching, kissing, rubbing, or whatever else 
other erogenous zones. Uh, many people need to feel connected and sometimes bringing something mechanical in and focusing just on that can break that feeling of connection and then throw them off. So focus on the two of you. Um, it's just a tool, not the main event. And fifth, a how-to is difficult because people enjoy different types of stimulation when it comes to vibrators. Uh, the general advice for a bullet-type vibe like the Lehman is that you want to use it to stimulate the clitoris. So you need to know where that is, and if you don't know, you can find that information easily online. There are lots of clinical diagrams and things if your wife doesn't know where it is either. However, that might also be too sensitive at first. So start further away and then slowly move towards it. Uh, try approaching from different directions as well, because some people find that different sides feel differently. As well, vary the pressure and the vibration speed. You can move it around instead of just holding it in one place. Uh, I would not suggest inserting it as it may be challenging to get out again, and that's a whole new set of problems and stress that you don't want to deal with. Other than that, yeah, give it a few more attempts. Uh, we generally will try a toy a few times to see if it was just that night, how we were using it, uh, how turned on she was beforehand, or even where she was in her cycle, because that also changes things. And I hope that helps. All right, question two is, is it a sin that my husband and I use some role play? He still pretends that I'm his wife, but his own special nurse or masseuse because I'm good at it. I'm not really any of those things in real life, but he's always thought I was good at them. He doesn't think of anyone else but me, and it was my idea. So the one big issue I have with role play is that is when people start to leverage sinful situations to make a situation erotic. And I believe this violates a biblical principle of not letting the devil have a foothold in your life, which is Ephesians 4.27, and glorifying and focusing on good and not evil things. That's in Philippians 4 verse 8. Um, so, for example, if you want to pretend that your husband is the principal and the wife is a schoolgirl, well, now you're leveraging the idea of sex with minors and leveraging the power imbalance to coerce sex as well as sex outside of marriage. Likewise, if you want to role play about a massage therapist who gets carried away and has sex with her client, then you have similar issues. Uh, depending on the role play, it may be coercive because the patient is naked and in a vulnerable state. You know, it's hard to get up and walk out if, if your clothes are off. Uh, but even if they're on board with it and it's all consensual, you're still glorifying sex outside of marriage. I don't see any of those elements in the role play you suggest. Uh, so I don't see a reason why it would be a problem for me. And that's the framework I use for things like that. Um, uh, hopefully that helps you kind of think through it and decide what your framework will be. All right, question three is, my husband and I have a very satisfying sex life. That being said, thanks to this website, we have been having more open conversations about desires. We both have a desire for me to use a dildo while he receives oral sex. He loves the idea of me getting pleasure at the same time. I'm very open to this idea, but I have a fear that if I use a dildo or another toy, I might become unsatisfied with him. Is this a possibility? I know it's not a sin. I just don't want to accidentally prefer a torch toy to him. So first off, that's awesome. I'm thrilled you'd be able to open up to each other and I'm honored to have played a small part in that growth. So I think it's doubtful that you'll prefer, prefer a toy to him. There are some cases where that becomes slightly more likely, but it's rare. Uh, one is when your relationship is not great and using a sex toy is easier than navigating the complexities of having sex with someone that you don't really have a good relationship with. 
another is when the toy has some feature that he doesn't creating sensations that he can't for example vibrators curved toys designed to hit the g-spot long toys that reach areas he can't like the a spot the anterior fornix which is fairly deep inside uh against the front wall and the p-spot the posterior fornix which is on the back wall also fairly deep and uh or very girthy toys that create a stretching feeling that he doesn't uh now having a toy with these sensations isn't a problem but if he gets sensitive about it and feels insecure that can become an issue Uh, likewise if you start to focus on the sensations of the toy more than the shared experience together that can be an issue Uh, but these are fairly easy to figure out uh, if they're happening and then stop if you start having fights and he says things like i feel like you like the toy more than me then put it aside for a while even if it's not true being willing to give up give it up to show that it's not may help with that insecurity Uh, Likewise, if you find yourself fantasizing about the toy or sneaking off to use it without him or giving oral sex as an excuse to use the toy, um, it may be wise to set it aside and refocus on what's important, the relationship. Now, that said, it's completely understandable to be excited about something new and want to try it out a few times, especially if it feels good. Uh, We've definitely had times where we've had a new toy or trying a new activity and my wife is itching to try it again because it felt amazing. And that dopamine release from something new is just really enticing, uh, especially if you have a wife that has ADHD. Uh, Of course, uh, I'm usually excited too as well because, well, it's fun. And I don't think that's an issue. When it continues past the sort of it's shiny and new phase, then I think maybe it's worth checking your priorities. And I hope that makes sense. All right, moving on to question four. This guy writes, uh, my wife has an excuse about everything and this includes in the bedroom. Uh, She's too tired, worked a long day, back hurts, neck hurts, leg hurts, jaw ache, headache, toothache, dehydrated, didn't have enough protein that day, ate too much sugar, and so on. This has prevented us from doing more than two positions, missionary and my performing cunnilingus, in 10 years or having more sex than once a month. When I ask if there's anything I can do or try to talk through it, I get shut down hard. And then she complains that we don't have enough sex to me in front of our small group at church. Do I have hope of ever getting more sex or more varied sex? Okay, so it sounds like you two need to sit down and discuss this honestly and openly. Uh, Something like, hey, today when you complain to our small group at church that we don't have enough sex, that confused and hurt me. I'd really like to have more sex as as well. And if you do too, then I'd like for us to figure out how to accomplish that. Would you be willing to talk about that? Uh, You know, or something like that. Put it in your own words. You know, if she shuts you down, then I'd push for something like marriage coaching therapy or something else, because you two need to be able to talk about these things if you hope to improve them. And if you don't, it's just going to lead to more resentment and build up bad feelings on both sides. And that's really going to be problematic. So yeah, find a way to have a discussion, even if that requires bringing in a third party. Question five is shorter. When is a good age to talk to my kids about sex? Should both parents be involved in the dis- the, in the conversation with the child? What should the content cover? Thanks in advance. Uh, when to talk, when is a good age? Frankly, constantly. There isn't an age to start. Rather, it should just be a part of life, I think. We currently live on a farm, so it's a little bit easier. You know, sex is all around us. The roosters are constantly trying to mate with hens multiple times a day. 
We bred our goats this winter. Our dogs just had puppies. We have 20 some odd chicken chicks that just hatched. Um, Sex is everywhere. There's no avoiding it. But even without that, sex is everywhere. It's on billboards, TV shows, ads on YouTube. Um, These are all opportunities to talk about it. Almost every day I see something in like kids' cartoons and shows that somebody's pointing out saying, look how much there's pushing sexuality onto our kids. You know, there are opportunities all the time. And my younger kids are not embarrassed or ashamed about the chickens mating. They know that that's part of life. They've seen the dogs have sex as well and asked, you know, things like, why do they get stuck like that? Uh, Most kids will ask questions. Don't be afraid to answer them. The problem parents tend to get into is that the kids will ask something like, where do babies come from? And then the parents will try to distract them with something else or give them a vague answer like mommies and daddies, which while axiomatically true, doesn't provide any information. Or parents get awkward and uncomfortable and the kid notices and then they feel awkward and uncomfortable. All these things teach kids to refrain from asking questions about that topic. So by the time they're teenagers and need to know the answers, they don't ask because it's weird and awkward and they don't get real answers anyways. At least that's their experience. So the easy way is to answer your kids' questions. As well, when opportunities arise, take those opportunities. Talk to them about the things you see, the implications of choices, where babies come from, etc. If you hear your kids say something inappropriate that relates to sex, because they will, they'll hear something and not understand it and then repeat it, Don't just tell them never to say it again. Tell them what it means and why they shouldn't say that. Now, you can get a book, sit them down, teach them like a school subject. There are likely some excellent resources for that method, but the organic approach, I think, is far better and more effective. It also creates a relationship where communication about anything is easier without a formal framework. And yes, both parents should do this, but they don't have to both be present when you do it. Again, let it happen organically. If you're both there that's great. If you're not both fair, that's okay. Take the opportunity. Don't wait. Because if you wait, you're going to make it awkward. Now, if you've already shut down your kids and it may not have been you, it may be something somebody else. I mean, most kids go to school for what, six or more hours a day. And chances are someone else is going to shut them down and not answer their questions. Um, then you have to figure out how to start again. And that is frankly going to be awkward. I haven't read any books on talking to kids about sex, so I don't have a recommendation, I'm afraid. Uh, We homeschooled our kids, so they were with us almost all the time. But I just posted the question on social media about resources, and I got some suggestions. You can check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and X, formerly Twitter, to see people's responses. I'll put the links in the show notes and on the blog post so you can check them out. And people have still been adding to them, so yeah, keep an eye on that if you're looking. Lastly, the sad thing is, if you don't teach them, someone will. And it's not that they're not going to learn about sex. They will. Uh, It's what they're going to learn about sex. That's the question. If you don't teach them, they will learn that the only thing to worry about with sex is consent. Besides that, it doesn't matter who, what, where, or when they're doing something. Um, Your first conversation about sex should not be, hey, mom and dad, I'm pregnant, or I got a girl pregnant. So don't wait, take opportunities. If you can, let it be organic. If you can't, yeah, go check out the resources that people have suggested in the social media posts. Question six is, 
my wife caught me watching porn and masturbating. She feels this is a sign to split up our marriage. She feels I cheated on her. I swear I would never be with another woman, but her eyes tell her differently. What do I do? I do love her with all my being. Okay, so you did cheat on her. You promised sexual fidelity, and then you broke that promise. Frankly, she has every right to leave. I'm not saying that she should or that it would be a good choice, but she could, and she would not be in the wrong. You are. So what do you do? Well, that depends on your views. It doesn't honestly sound like you're very remorseful at all. Um, so you cheated and you don't have any regret. You don't even see it as cheating. You just feel that she's overreacting and that is a large gap to bridge. Uh, but you say you love her with all your being. So do you love her enough to give her, give up porn and masturbation from the sounds of it? That may be what you have to do. And along the same lines, question seven is, hi, I'm new to your platform. I do have several questions though. My wife and I have been separated for at least three years now. To be honest, I still love her. However, during the separation period, I've experienced several bouts of urges to relieve myself through self-pleasuring. Is masturbation without porn and lusting or thinking about anyone specifically, but my wife considered an act of sin before God. Please help and thank you so much for your time. So, I believe that solo masturbation is sex and sex should be a shared activity with your spouse. That's it. Uh, it doesn't become more or less sinful if there's no porn, lusting, etc. cetera. Uh, I think it becomes more harmful to yourself and your relationship with those things added, but there aren't degrees of sin. And that's what your question was. Uh, if you want to read my reasonings or argue with it, you can check out my post called uh, Why Masturbation is a Problem, Whether You're Married or Single. There's a link to it in the show notes and in the blog post. And yeah, that's it for today. Uh, if you have a question of your own, you can ask it on our anonymous have a question page. Again, link in the show notes and on the blog post. If you would like to help support us and gain access to the supporters forum, uh, there's a link for that as well. And if you want to respond to any of this and comment, go click on the link to the blog post. This comment section at the bottom. I am absolutely more than willing to engage and debate and discuss and talk about things whether you agree with me or not. So long as you're respectful and it's a productive conversation. And by productive, I don't mean that you're starting to agree with me. By productive, I mean that we're not just spinning in circles. Because I do get people who will post the same comment using just different words over and over and over and over again, and then get upset when I start deleting them because frankly, they're just filling up my database with nothing new. So don't do that have a genuine conversation and I'm more than happy and I'm there for it. And lastly, if you're not on our mailing list, maybe go subscribe to that. There's a link to that in the show notes as well. I generally share about whatever posts I've got going on and anything interesting going on in the background and usually an update about our farm. So if you like seeing pictures of uh, chicks that were just hatched or puppies that were just born, or we'll have goats in the spring, Nigerian dwarf goat kids, um, Go check that out. I know there are definitely some wives on our mailing list who just scroll to the bottom to look at the cute animals and then scroll back up to figure out the rest of it. And that's it for today. I'll talk to you next time.